Hello, film fans. Welcome to the Film vs. Film podcast. My name is Martin Harries, your host, and I'm joined by the film encyclopedia man, Bowers Dix. We are a couple of filmmakers on occasion, but mainly can't stop yapping about movies. On this podcast, every episode we pick a topic from a film that's coming out at the cinema or on VOD. Myself and Bowers pick our favourite film from that topic, and we battle it out to decide which film will become the greatest film of all time, according to two film geeks from Wiltshire, England. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. Fuck Captain America, fuck Thor, fuck Superman, fuck Iron Man. Yes, this week... Language. (laughs) This week we are doing R-rated comic book films as The Suicide Squad is out in cinemas in the UK and now in the US. So... Yes, that film has all the swears and the bloody nonsense that we love in a film like this. So we'll be having a look at our rated comic book films. And as always, I am joined by the Mr. Encyclopedia Man. That is Mr. Bowers Dix. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm ready for some bloody violent comic book action. Good, good. (laughs) So my pick then is V for Vendetta. I kind of picked this one because... Quite, I mean, there was a lot to choose from in this. Some really good stuff. I kind of really picked this because I hadn't seen it for ages, and I really wanted to yeah. revisit it. Really, now you understand my picks, how I, my yeah. process of picking a movie. Like, I kind of want to watch this. <laughs> That's just an excuse to watch whatever. I don't. Yeah, know. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I considered Blade. That's really good. I think this is better than Blade. Your one as well, <laughs> but I also considered joker as well basically because i really don't like that film because <laughs> it really fucking annoys me a lot um all right so you'd only pick it to lose just to trash it <laughs> yeah but i didn't want to like just trash trash it <laughs> yeah i didn't want to do that so i picked something something else so i picked fifa vendetta in the end dread also was a good one dread yeah. is fucking amazing I love Dread. <laughs> like, if, if I didn't yeah. pick Logan, I would pick Dread. Like, without yeah. a doubt. Man, Dread is incredible. Mm. It, it's it's yeah, essentially, it's really cool. you know when I, I picked The Raid? Yeah. It's basically The Raid of comic book movies. If anybody hasn't watched mm. it, watch it immediately. It's so good. Also, Deadpool is just really funny as well. So that yeah. was definitely in consideration. But really, V for Vendetta, because I hadn't seen it for ages. So I picked that one. Right, what happens in V for Vendetta? Well, this film is like set in the UK, but not as we know it at all. It's a, it's a it's in a future where like the government is very much like a socialist nationalist, basically like the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. From like World War 2, Norse fire. And there's a freedom fighter called V who basically dresses up like Guy Fawkes, so not particularly subtle about what he's about. <laughs> so he wants to basically blow up Parliament, because Guy Fawkes did in the 17th century, I think. And also there's these two cops who are basically, who find out information about one of their ministers or something, that there was a connection with drug money, and basically they slowly find out the truth of how this government came came about, and obviously... V, the character of V, was a victim of that in Lark Hill 
and was kind of basically burnt alive and survived and kind of got mild superpowers, I guess, from the experiments from Lark Hill. Um, mm. And V, that was kind of the backstory. And then V meets a girl called Evie. They meet up and she basically helps V with his plan in ending up blowing up Parliament. So that's basically the film. You know, this this film is really dark. <laughs> I think yeah. this is basically R-rated, not for the violence, not for the swearing, but just the subject matter. There's some really dark themes in this. What did you make mm. of this one, Bowers? I think, you know, violence-wise, it's not, like, too bad. You know, yeah. I mean, there's some blood <laughs> and some other mm. stuff, but it's it's not that bad. I do I do agree, yeah, the subject matter is pretty dark. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's an oppressive totalitarian state, a lot of oppression and death. And terrorism. I mean, I don't think there's any way to get around that. Like, V is a terrorist. He is a good terrorist. Well, in this government's eyes. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. The government is evil, so, you know, his terrorism is is fine, I suppose. Justified. <laughs> He's played charmingly by um, Hugo Weaving, that's the one. Yeah, directing. I mean, I quite like the scene after V forces a news broadcaster to play his tape like addressing uh london to protest next year on the N- november the 5th he puts masks on everyone in the room and the cops bring out like two of them and one is cowering saying it's the other guy and they lift up the mask and he's just got like a ball in his mouth and then the- you find out that the-, the cowering guy ends up being um v and takes them all out very efficiently just a very simple but clever plan i love the last shot where like v stabs the cop right up close to his face in like side profile it's quite a menacing picture that v really does mean business that was quite a good action scene there i quite liked yeah yeah definitely yeah that was pretty cool yeah i I thought it was interesting because i completely forgot the opening of this film i had no idea it would start with actual guy fawkes being arrested and, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah i forgot about yeah. that scene completely where um evie is talking about you know what he tried to do and what he means and stuff yeah i completely mm. forgot about that i love that we're introduced to uh well it's just like straight off the bat like uh when she's getting ready and uh you have that newscaster uh the anchor lewis prothero just raving and yeah. ranting like a freaking lunatic I love that guy. I love that character. <laughs> I thought he was just like, he's so yeah. intense and like just over the top. Mm. He reminds me of Bill O'Reilly. He's an American um, talk show host that's a bit, you know, right. fucking full on. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, you know, this film is really dark. I think you definitely get that from the flashback scene. You know, when we go back to Lark Hill, it's really fucking dark. <laughs> Where they literally throw dead bodies into a pit of dead bodies, you know, after they've been experimented on and just killed quite horrible to watch it's like oh my god this is this is a comic book film what's (laughs) going on you expect to see this kind of thing in like a holocaust documentary not in a comic book film (laughs) as i said there's a lot of overtones to like the nazis in germany in world war ii it's pretty dark stuff (laughs) what i love about the directing the most is the feeling of like duality and fate between these two characters of v and evie you know, they both go go through this torturous experience that makes them uh, live without fear. Yes, one was done with a mani- manipulation, but the end result is the same. Uh, you know, you have similar images cut together of the two characters holding their arms out. You know, V is in the fire at Lark Hill and Evie is in the rain on his roof. Even before they first meet, 
you have similar shots of them dressing for the evening, you know, V like suiting up and Evie just getting ready for an evening out, I think. Even have just like similar shots of them just walking down the street at the start, you know, before the attack, the opening action scene. And even their names are really similar, like V and EV. <laughs> you know, it's that's not by accident. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Well, I mean, he he doesn't believe yeah. in coincidences. I, I they kind of <laughs> uh, they keep doing that because about fate, especially like he's constantly yeah. going, "Oh, this is some strange coincidence." The cat. I don't believe in coincidences. There are no coincidences. <laughs> Even when he picks Ev, you know, he saves her, and then what's your name? Ev. Ev. Of course, it is. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I think the thing that the film does well, like editing wise, is montages and like cuts, you know? Yeah, so any kind of moment with some sort of like montage of cuts or different things or even like reminiscing memories and all that shit. I love how that stuff is edited together. So, you know, when Evie is like liberated and she, you know, after the torture and what have you, and she realizes the truth and what you're saying where it goes back to the creation of v and what she's been through and her in the rain and so all that is cut together so wonderfully when the detective this was a really good scene that i forgot was in the film but when the detective pieces it all together and you have v knocking down a collage of dominoes and just all these cuts of like the, (laughs) the previous stuff in the movie the stuff you haven't seen in in their past, the stuff that's going on now, mm. da da da. The, even some like flash forwards to like the future where it's going to end, and the dominoes yeah, going yeah. down and then stopping. I just thought that was edited superbly. That was mm. just that was that was a masterpiece. I really like that. So um, definitely like you know the direction when it comes to editing a collage of yeah. of shots like these giant yeah. montages uh, are where this film excels. I thought the action was okay. I kind of had a problem with some of it. You know, I don't know. Especially, I think, oh, some okay. of the first action scenes, it just seemed a bit... You know, like the whole shaky cam thing? I don't know. It's just It was a bit disorienting. Yeah, the last fight scene, I think, was a lot better because, you know, at least it sort of... It was all slow motion, but at least you got, like, long looks at what the fuck you were looking at. Like yeah. Some of the previous action scenes. A bit too yeah. phonetic, in my opinion. You know, I, I yeah. wish more of the action scenes were like the last one. Mm. But I think certainly V is very much a, a character where it's just efficient killing. You know, he uses knives. If he's going to use one attack to kill someone, he's just going to use one attack, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, half the time he just throws knives at dudes and kills them straight off. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, he doesn't mess about with fancy yeah, moves. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I... I did like the last action scene as well, like where they used like these CGI like light trails yeah. with the knives in slow motion. I quite liked that. That was a nice touch. Yeah, I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. It didn't distract me. I thought it was just, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it just made the scene like more epic, really. 
and you get these shots looking through Creedy's gun barrel, which looks really nice. But yeah, V loves a domino, doesn't he? Bloody hell, that must he have does. taken a, a long time. <laughs> it must have had a, a lot of time in his schedule to uh, to do that for like no yeah, apparent a... reason, really. <laughs> Just for the film, yeah. in case someone's filming it. I, I reckon he could have blown up Parliament like a few years ago, but he was too busy with his dominoes <laughs> and collecting yeah. his art and all the other bollocks. Yeah. And, you know, wiring up yeah. the soundtracks for the music. and stuff. He, he does a lot of busy yeah. work. I mean, for one guy, he is a... He is an absolute tech unit, you know. I mean, he must be absolutely fucking loaded as well. Or he's just killed enough rich people. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I love, like, Parliament blowing up at the, at the end. That was pretty cool. But, I mean, I would hate to be the Amazon guy receiving the <laughs> delivery of 100,000 Guy Fawkes costumes. I'm like, fucking <laughs> hell, who's ordered all this? <laughs> yeah. It's the same guy that I ordered a million tons worth of, um, you know, rockets and, and fireworks. <laughs> yeah. You know. Mm. Yeah, they should have um, found him, like, really quick, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, for a totalitarian, you know, I'm not going to poke too many holes, but yeah, for a totalitarian state, you think. I mean, we're not quite there yet, and mm. I reckon we could have found him in a week. <laughs> yeah. But still, you know. Um, you know what I was saying? I like montages. Even the montage of his death bellowing into, you know, what have you, and then cuts between that and McCready and Evie and the crowd yeah. as they as they walk by. Also, you know, it confused me when I first watched it, but I thought it was pretty cool that everybody takes off their masks and some of the characters that we know are dead, you know, they, they're also in the crowd yeah. unmasking, like uh, Stephen Fry and stuff. Oh, right. I thought that was pretty cool. It's like the spirits yeah. of the dead even are, like, rejoicing at this... Uh, liberation have you got a favorite shot then or a favorite scene well yeah i mean favorite uh, sequence i suppose visually I, i've just sort of discussed would yeah, be okay. where mccready uh works all of this out because he says he went to yeah. lark hill and just that giant montage done at the <laughs> same time as the as the domino stuff i like that sequence mm. i thought that was great yeah i love the shot Beautiful shot where V is about to kill the coroner off screen and she's in bed and in her bedroom and there's like long curtains by the windows and as the wind blows the curtains you see a little bit of V's mask appear in the light and then it disappears as the yeah, curtain really like good. drops back onto the window. That was just really like spooky and just great visual and really yeah. creative. I yeah, truly like that bit. <laughs> yeah, that was a great bit. You know, and and V's like, Oh yeah, I you know, she she asks like, "Oh, how are you going to do it? Oh, oh, I did it ten minutes ago with yeah. the, this drug or whatever." <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good. Score then for directing Boaz. I'm going to give this an eight. Nice. It's really good. To be fair, as I said, as a, like a comic book film, you know, you expect action half the time, and certainly this is one with very limited action. But mm. I think you don't lose any enjoyment through through that because the story is really compelling the characters are really great and you know this is such a different story that we don't mm. often see very often you know this is a very different reality and i think it really works but when you do get the action scenes they're really well done yeah, yeah i'll go like a 8.3 i think i also kind of like the the feel of it every so often it does go onto the street level of like what the yeah you know the bad guys are thinking what the cops are thinking, you know, the regular person in the street when they're watching TV. And it's got this kind of eerie feel to it because it's not 
very different from modern England. Like the way everybody behaves, mm. you're like, this just seems like it's now, but that it has a total. Yeah. It just seems very grounded and like quite mm. uh, like it like it could happen or you know it is happening. It seems very yeah. kind of uncannily real for like a dystopian future mm. and present. The only scene I didn't like was when V is clearly in disguise as William Rod- Rockwood. <laughs> when the inspectors yeah. come to meet him and you can clearly see it's V. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's V yeah. in disguise. Then when they reveal it literally in the next scene, I was like, yeah, I know, it was obvious. <laughs> Are we supposed yeah, to be fooled by that? Same. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I thought that you was know. kind of silly, especially like just the previous scene. He had tricked Evie and, like, that she was arrested and tortured her. And you wouldn't tell that because, like, everybody that V is playing is played by a different actor. There's no way, like, that is uh, Hugo (laughs) Weaving. None of... He plays, like, six guys, like, questioning and torturing her. Like, there's no way any Mm. of those people are Hugo Weaving. But at the end of that, you're buying into (laughs) the fact that he's such an incredible uh, performer, V is... That he mm. can make himself look like anybody, you know, he's got masks everywhere and yeah. he's so realistic and what have you, and his acting is so good. And then you get the next scene where he's trying to convince McCready, and you're like, Do- "You sound like V. You look like V. That mask <laughs> looks crap." You know, it's like, how is he being fooled? You know, it just—I don't know why they yeah. didn't just do it like they did the previous ones. I know they'd say that's cheating, but the previous scene was was emotionally cheating. But you you make them buy mm. it by just saying, oh, e- V's that. Just have a different actor play the informant. Yeah. No prosthetics. Just have some old guy. And then say, oh, shit, that was V. My God. You know, yeah. how, how amazing is he? I think, I think you're right. They should have done that differently. That was a bit weird. Screenplay, then. I love the language V uses to introduce himself to E.V. and basically uses every word beginning with V to, to describe himself and ideas. I can say that speech. Really? I have watched that scene so many times. Just that scene. <laughs> I can say that. All right, go on then. So, go on okay. Then. So, in view, a humble vaudevillian veteran cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vestitudes of fate. This visage, no mere veneer of vanity, is a vestige of the Vox Populi, now vacant, vanished. Uh, verily, this vicissoir... Oh, fuck's sake. Verily, this vicissoir... <laughs> oh, shit, I've forgotten it. Fuck. But I got um, pretty close. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. I mean, what you did there was was still really impressive. But he doesn't say volcano, though, does he? No, he doesn't you know, say volcano. That's a V word. Or vagina. <laughs> or vagina. You could have said that. I will yeah. slay these vaginas in the government. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, it's fucking brilliant. I mean, you can only just admire the monologue, and it's just so clever, and it's way too long to write down as well. <laughs> okay, go on then. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I've remembered it. However, this valorous visitation of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish these venal and villain vermin, vanguarding vice and vouchsaving the viciously violent and voracious violation of volition. The only verdict is vengeance, not as a votive, but a votive or in vain, but the value and veracity of such will one day vindicate the vigilant and the virtuous. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I might have to slow that down a bit in the end. <laughs> yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. So that's Sparrow's favourite line. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're all sorted there. <laughs> but yeah, there's loads of like really interesting lines that they take from like Shakespeare and things. There's one, I dare do all that may become a man who dares more is none. You know, I like that line. It's, you know, V quoting from Macbeth. 
you know, when mm. he cooks um, Evie breakfast, it's like really poetic, you know, a way to sum up the whole film, really, this simple idea of freedom, you know, we take for granted. And if you try to control people's freedoms, you're no man, essentially, you know, it's just, mm. that's an interesting bit there. Interesting in, in this week's episode, we've got two films that reference very closely other films, you know, a film within a film that's very similar to their themes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this one, uh, the theme is revenge uh, as well as like fate and freedom, yeah. but definitely the motivating factor behind V is mostly revenge. I think up until he meets yeah. Evie and then he's like, he gives her the choice to carry it on. Like, he's like, you know, this can yeah. go with me, it's fine. And she does do it, but she's not doing it out of a sense of revenge. She's doing it because it's right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, his thing is the Count of Monte Cristo. He's constantly watching the Count of Monte Cristo. And I like when she watches yeah. it because she's never watched it. And she says, I find it sad. Like, and it's like, what do you mean? Well, he, you know, he was only focused on revenge. He didn't really care about his, yeah. you know, family and stuff. Love interests. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like, mm, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's like he's never really considered that. It's like, what? Revenge is, okay. Revenge isn't that great. And, uh, yeah, when we talk about Logan, um, uh, Shane, Shane is the uh, Shane, is, yeah. is the kind of yeah Shane. The hero in that film, Mon- Count of Monte Cristo, the hero basically cares more about revenge than he did about the love interest. And hearing that, you feel like V has basically like consumed himself about his plans to blow up the government. And it's interesting that Evie kind of tricks V in escaping after he kills the priest. And um, because there was no like strong indication that she really wanted to leave, but then thinking about that fact that V states that he will kill people, you're like, of course she would want to leave this guy. <laughs> I just like the way the script uh, didn't make that obvious. You know, they use the theme of that film again at the end, where like V ends up falling in love with Evie, and he blows up Parliament more for her and her generation than revenge for himself. So that was that was quite a clever ending referencing mm-hmm. the Count of Monte Cristo. And the bit where V like manipulates Evie in losing her fear was quite interesting. There's a line where V is pretending to be someone else and he says, just give them something, anything. And then Evie says, Thank you, but I'd rather die behind the chemical sheds. And then V says, then you have no fear anymore. You're completely free. And it's just a great twist that V himself tortured Evie. Uh, so she's willing to die rather than give up information on V, basically. Uh, you know, for this idea of freedom, it's a, it's just a, a trust exercise to the extreme, really. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a pretty crazy scene. Like, you get where he's coming from, but mm. man, that is traumatic. You kind of understand why she kind of left him for a while. It's like, yeah... Uh, yeah. I understand what you've done, but I can't be around here. It's like, oh, okay, fair enough. You know, <laughs> it's 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 almost like uh, the film as well. I was going to say is like a romance story in a very strange way, um, because yeah, they do end up really loving each other in the end. But it's such an unconventional romance. It's like you know, yeah, sa- you know, saved her from some bad guys. Basically kidnapped her. She yeah. escapes at one point, nearly gets caught, then kidnaps her again, tortures her, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but it makes more sense in the actual film. You're like, eh, I suppose it makes sense. Mm, I do yeah. like when she wants to see his face. Uh, do you like that bit? I like that bit. Where she wants to see his oh, face yeah. and he's like... She uh, kind you of know, stops him, stops her. Yeah, he stops her and is like, under this mask is not me. That's no more mm. me than, you know, 
the the flesh under what's in, under the what's skin on the or mask. the bones yeah, yeah or the, the bones beneath that or the the mask itself and I quite like that and I yeah. like at the end you know he's dying of blood loss and she gives him no is this before I can't remember but when they kiss goodbye and um, yeah she kisses like his mask I, I thought no that's yeah. when he goes off to die that's when he goes off to die she kisses yeah him. yeah that was interesting. I think what I quite like about this script, I think the end game of this film was always going to be the same. Parliament was always going to blow up. That was never going to change, I don't think. But it was the reasons why for V was what changed, I think. he At the beginning, he, he was very much doing it for himself. And, well, I mean, he was doing it for himself and just to take down this government. That was it, this totality totalitarian government or how, however you want to call totalitarian. it totalitarian you know? yeah. there you go <laughs> yeah. but in the end he kind of he stumbles upon this character evie and his ideology about why he's doing it it changes it's for the people it's not just revenge for himself it's about relinquishing um people's fear about this government and just living free you know um so it's just kind of cool the way this film has exactly the same end game however you from the start but it just changes by the time you get to the end of why he's doing it yeah. you know so i will say like uh, beyond beyond the the very you know alliterative v quotes that v has uh, i like a lot of his lines like there's some sort of there's always mm. some like cryptic wisdom in a lot of the things he says whether it's quoting yeah. you know quoting shakespeare or quoting some other great latin or whatever but i like even just some of the little one liners he says you're like that's pretty clever. By the power of truth, I, while living, have conquered the universe. <laughs> yeah. Or where he goes, like, um, where uh, the guy was shooting the fuck out of him at the end, and he's like, why don't oh, yeah. you die? And he's like, um, behind this mask, there is more than flesh. There are ideas, and ideas are bulletproof. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's my favorite that's line, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good line. And he chokes him out like he said he would. He said he'd choke yeah. him because he said yeah. we're both gonna die. He's like, "How are you gonna kill me with my hands around your throat?" It's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, mm. oh, bollocks." I like the re- response, bollocks. At the end, he fucking kills him, <laughs> chokes him out, just like he said. Yeah, that's yeah. the go-to British swear word, bollocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beneath this mask, there is an idea, Mister Greedy, and ideas are bulletproof. Time to die now. My nose looks like Big Fucking Ben. That's not from me. <laughs> That's from. Uh, oh yeah, the the, you know. the guy. Yeah, he he was quite funny. Oh, you you remember when the the fingers were coming in and uh, the uh, detective, his deputy, is like, "Butter up, here comes a finger." Um, I, like that. I thought that was quite <laughs> oh, funny. God. Yeah. Oh dear. Sorry, don't yeah. mind coming there. <laughs> <laughs> Score, Boaz. What are you going for for screenplay? Yeah, I thought I thought the screenplay is quite fun. Uh, I like Evie. I thought she was great. I like V. I like a lot of the villains. Uh, their their personalities. It's quite a lot of fun. I'll give it like an eight point four. No, actually, fuck it. I'll give it like an eight point eight point seven. Actually, yeah, I can't disagree with that. Really, I you know I really like the script. You know that opening monologue just so good. You know, yes. And you got there in the end. <laughs> I got there in the end. Yeah. I mean, that must have taken so much time by Alan Moore to to write this. We should mention, actually, that this is written by Alan Moore, but he famously has nothing to do with any of the adaptations. If you notice in the credits, his his name is not on the credits whatsoever. It might be on Watchmen, I'm not sure. 
but I don't think it's definitely it is. not on Do this you, one. <laughs> the last, I think, the last film his name was on the credits to were The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which he also wrote. That was yeah, a comic oh. of his, <laughs> and he said the reason why everything went bad is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen got sued by a another screenwriter who said that they had yeah. nicked his idea for a film, you know? And so he oh, was okay. like, okay, I'm going to sue you guys. But because this is based on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he thought, okay, Alan Moore nicked my idea, and he tried to sue Alan Moore. The film The League of Extraordinary really? Gentlemen, beyond the characters, the plot has fuck all to do with the comic. It's got not Like, yeah. seriously, it's not an adaption of any of his work. So he got you know lobbed into this legal dispute and i think since then he's like if you want to adapt my work keep my name the hell away from it yeah so they had him embroiled in this legal nonsense because they adapted his work quote unquote but didn't actually adapt it and it led mm. into some trouble and he just wanted nothing to do with it oh okay yeah yeah um score for me then for screenplay yeah as i said you know this is such a dark film and got a really great script you know yeah i think i'll go like same 8.7 i think uh acting i quite like the restraint of fear in stephen Rees acting when he's talking to dominic about the government was actually responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people because of this virus or whatever you know that that performance was really good by by the detective played by stephen Rees. Natalie Portman is fantastic in this film. I thought she was really good. Yeah, you know, when she finds out that the people that tortured her was actually V, you know, she's amazing. She goes from, like, this anger to crying in her eyes out to hyperventilating in such a short scene is quite amazing. You know, I thought she was really good in that film, you know. But at that point, I think it just, wow, she just, like, dialed it to 11. Where, like, I think on the, the page, if you read it, character has a breakdown it's like she she has a breakdown it's the most intense emotional roller coaster yeah and you're like holy crap uh that was a really good performance um i think before that scene i think i would have said maybe my favorite actor in the film was hugo weaving or uh the guy that played the news broadcaster or stephen fry Mm. i mean he's always a joy but that scene is just so good that uh, i think just by the virtue of that fact alone natalie portman would be my pick for my favorite performance in the film yeah because you don't expect her to be arrested in this film really and just go through this horrible torturous experience of getting her head shaved off it's just you know it's just quite a, an incredible few scenes that yeah. um, and and i feel sorry for any of our listeners who are bold um it is a shame <laughs> to live through that yeah cheers mate cheers <laughs> yeah we're gonna lose all of our bold listeners yeah <laughs> But I enjoyed Hugo Weaving as V. I mean, we've talked about acting with masks on our Mandalorian special episode. So if you like the Mandalorian, check out our Mandalorian special. You know, these actors have to be so conscious of their movement, especially with their head, especially not moving too much. You know, the act of stillness is really important and subtle movement, especially to get the emotional scenes right. And, you know, credit to Natalie Portman as well because half of what acting is is reacting 
to what the other actor is doing, you know, and Hugo is under a mask the whole time. So she has little to nothing to work with, which must have been really challenging. And most of her scenes are with V. And also, I love the fact that the mask, like, never comes off. Oh, man, I just learned something really interesting going for the wiki there. Because when you were talking about Hugo Weaving's performance, I, I swore I heard that he didn't play the body of V at some point. So I was just seeing if that was true. Oh, really? And it turns out he actually was in half the scenes as the body of V and the voice of V. And then there oh, are many okay. other <laughs> scenes where it's a previous actor called James yeah. Purefoy. Oh, right, yeah. He left six weeks before filming finished. So they redid yeah. the rest of it with Hugo Weaving and he just overdubbed the whole thing. So I think... Oh right. For okay. Hugo Weaving, that's pretty good because not only have you you got to overdub all your lines and film and all that stuff, then act w- in a mask through a lot of the film, but also match <laughs> another actor's performance yeah. in said mask. That's pretty good. It's not too bad. For Natalie Portman though, having to work with two actors with different voices well, <laughs> yeah. on set, you know, two different voices on, on set, set yeah. that's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's gonna that's be gonna be really weird. hard. Yeah, my favorite performance is Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ditto with you. Uh, score for acting, it's fun. Uh, a lot of people give some really fun performances. So what will I give this? I don't know. Eight point eight. I'm not sure I'd go as high as that. Yes, like acting under a mask is hard, but I think you do lose some of the responsibility of actually what is on your face a little bit. But obviously, you're very <laughs> yeah. conscious about everything else in your body like what you're doing with your body and your head obviously you're more conscious of that but i would say it's slightly easier maybe it's it's difficult to judge but the fact that certainly with natalie portman you know she's got nothing to react to other than like two different actors voices so that's hard and everyone else is pretty good always love to see john hurt and stephen fry on screen they're brilliant so i'll go like 8.4 i think Right, let's add up the scores then for V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta gets 50.9. Right, what is your film, Mr. Encyclopedia Man? Mine is Logan. Cool. The last film in uh, the Wolverine series of X-Men movies. And Hugh Jackman's last performance. Yes, yeah. Well, not last performance ever. He's still making films, thank God. But his last performance as... The titular Wolverine, Logan. He's like, yep, yeah, after Logan, fuck it, I'm quitting yes, acting. I yeah, I'm, oh, fuck this. I don't think he'll ever quit. Like, what is he... He still... He makes so many films. Like, he's come out with one recently, hasn't he? I know literally nothing about Reminiscence. Yeah, which we will do an episode soon on Hugh Jackman films, so for that one. <laughs> Why did you pick Logan? Yeah, I picked Logan because, uh, you know, I thought it was a great film, you know, so... Um, I've I've always been a big fan of the X-Men, you know, Marvel stuff in general, but even way before the MCU and stuff, you know, uh, yeah, the X-Men films were, uh, you know, I quite liked them. Well, I, to be honest, I only liked the, the first two, really, you know, the first two were amazing. Okay. <laughs> and then they kept making them and, you know, they were okay. Well, you didn't like Days of Future Past? Oh man, I love Days of Future Past. I would say like X-Men 2 yeah. and Days of Future Past, to me, are like the best X-Men films. You know, and all the others yeah. are like so so. Yeah. One is really good. Two and Days of Future Past are just my favourite. They're just just timeless. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's an incredible yeah. film. And then the rest are like mm. you know, some are shit and some are like okay. Meh. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's a kind of... Mm. And then even when you go through the Wolverine films as well, the first solo X-Men Wolverine film, man, that was bad. And then... Yeah. The second yeah. one I I liked, but you know, it was still not as good as like X Men Two and, and Days of Future Past for me. Yeah. It was it was okay. It was pretty good. This one I think is on yeah. a whole nother level. I really like this one. Was there any other yeah. films in consideration outside of X Men or Um yeah, yeah, ready? there were quite a few. Uh so you know, Dread, um obviously, uh we talked about that. I would I would have definitely picked Dread. That that's a great film. There was this film I was talking about before, uh when I was talking to you a while back, uh, called Super with oh Elliot yeah page now and that film is absolutely ridiculous but it's so much fun <laughs> and i think you would have liked yeah. it so cool and that is gory as fuck is that james gunn let me just try and find out you can edit out the the search if you want yeah it is it's james gunn yeah oh nice <laughs> okay yeah 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 cool. So, uh, actually, shit, I should have picked that because then it would have been a perfect fit for the Suicide Squad. Oh, I had no idea. Come on. It is a great Never film. You need, you need to watch that. We'll watch yeah. it or whatever after this. Um, that was... Yeah. It's just so... It's a mental movie. And then the end. If, <laughs> if the end of Super is anything to go... You know, if you're thinking about what the action is going to be like for... <laughs> I hope it's going to be like Super, you know, for the Suicide Squad. Yeah. That was messed up. Awesome. The ending of Super, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> Like it's such a it's such a funny crazy film of these these guys trying to be superheroes, but at the end it's like the realistic yeah. of like you know heads exploding, <laughs> you know legs blowing off. Like holy fucking yeah. shit! Him beating someone to death with a spanner. <laughs> oh, yeah, isn't this like weapon a wrench or something? Weapon yeah, his yeah his weapon is a wrench, and his phrase is "shut up, crime." Oh god, you know it's such a ridiculous <laughs> film. Anyway, um, so we should get beyond that because I'm not reviewing that movie. Um, Logan, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. I forgot which one I'm reviewing. Can I review both? You can if you want. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what happens in Logan? I think this picks up a few years after Days of Future Past, you know, after he's changed the timeline and all that stuff. And you know it was really positive then. The next couple of years later, it's not positive at all. Mm. It's like all the mutants are gone. There's only really him, uh, you know, uh, Wolverine and um, Professor X and Caliban left. They live together. Wolverine is getting old. Like, he looks much, much older than his age. You know, considering he's like, you know, the character is like 200 or something. Um, but he is, he looks like he's getting on. He's making money just getting by as a, uh, like a limo driver. Uh, his healing factor is failing. He's got Professor X to deal with, who's got like some sort of brain disease. So it's it's not looking very good for him right Why? now. There are no more mutants. All the mutants are gone. They're all dead. So, you know, it's kind of a bleak future for Logan. And then he is given a job because he's thinking about like leaving the country, but he needs a lot of money to do so. And this woman contacts him of like a courier job, like if he can take someone like this little girl to North Dakota and she'll pay him thousands to do so. And, you know, at first he kind of doesn't want to really do this, but he, he does eventually accept the job and it becomes a lot more complicated than that. It turns out the little girl is a, it's basically his child. Like they took some DNA of his, the bad guys, and they made all these mutants and she's one of them. So she has all the powers of him. And so they go on a road trip to North Dakota while being chased by this uh, nefarious mutant killing organization that is like raising these mutant children and what have you. 
So what did you make of Logan then? I mean, I really love this film. I, yeah. I think I'm with you. It's it's one of my favourite X-Men films, for sure. Mainly because it's so fucking emotional at the end. It's just like, oh, it does make me very teary sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it certainly did when I rewatched it. It's, it's, it's really, really good. Yeah, because you were even saying um, when you watched it, you were like, oh, man, I nearly cried. And I just kept thinking, because I haven't watched the film in a while, I was like, you pussy. <laughs> and then um, then I watched it, and I nearly cried, like, so, you know, several times. Like, <laughs> there you go. Oh, man, this is this is hard. Because obviously we've watched this character for so long, since 2000, you know, when the first film came out, X-Men. All right, directing then... I love the first action scene in the film where Logan is basically fucking up some Mexican thieves. And I love the shot where he's kind of losing and is on the ground and getting beaten up. And then a shotgun reloads and there's a great like push in on Hugh Jackman as he starts to get like really angry and just go fuck it and slices the guy's arm off. <laughs> you know, the shotgun goes flying and goes off. You know, the scene is so brutal and you get the tone right right yeah. from the off that this X-Men film is going to be very different. Absolutely. Plus, I love the idea that one of the claws doesn't come out properly, you know, and then later he has to pull it out. It's just, it's such a different film to yeah. all the other X-Men films. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely kind of like the, the whole, the, the Dark Knight Rises of X-Men films. It's like Hero way, <laughs> way past his prime. He's giving it another go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do yeah. like that scene. One, because you get, uh, I mean, you get an immediate sense of just where everything is. The character, mm. you know, you know what he looks like. He's he's passed out drunk in the back of his limo. So you can tell just shit is not going well for Logan. You know what I mean? You, you've, you've got to set up a basically <laughs> yeah. everything. Like his deteriorating health, his terrible mental condition, um, his job, you know, the fact that he's a limo driver. And straight from the off, a fight scene where you it's like, yeah, he's not in the best physical condition. And then you get the tone of the movie. Like, this yeah. is going to be violent. We have a character with claws. He is yeah. going to finally use them as God intended. Like, you know, these aren't PG-13 mm. claws. They're not going to just scratch people. He's going to take, <laughs> take off limbs, take off heads, you know, stab yeah. people in the skull. You know, I thought that was a pretty cool shot. Blood's <laughs> going to go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he just get because he he basically asked them. He's like, yeah. you know, what you, you're taking my hubcaps? They're not worth very much. Just shoots him straight away. You're just gonna scrape all the paint off. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, what the hell? You know, yeah, that was pretty good. It's just interesting mentally with the character because he's just more concerned about protecting the car yeah. than <laughs> than actually trying to stop them. Just hit me, not the car, please. <laughs> I need this job. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the old Wolverine would have immediately decapitated the whole lot of them. And it's just the fact that... I'm not sure about decapitate, but, you know. <laughs> well, you know, PG-13 just... kill. So, like, <laughs> just go, ha! And then they all yeah. fall down dead. You know, fully fully formed. Their bodies yeah. are, are pristine. But do you know what I mean? Like, old Wolverine uh, probably yeah, wouldn't yeah, have stood definitely. for this shit at all. Where a uh, young, uh, you know what I mean. But now this old Wolverine, <laughs> he's like, he just wants to be yeah. left alone. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm in no mood. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to get by. Just piss off, will you? <laughs> I know I always find it in like 12 rated films. The directors are always very conscious of fight scenes, especially fights with knives that so they have to like shoot around the impacts a little and you, they have to use wider lenses or whatever. 
But because this is R-rated, they're really embracing what Logan and Laura can really do to another human being. You know, the first fight Laura has is amazing. There's like a shot where she literally kicks someone in the head with a claw from her foot. And it's right up close to the camera with blood everywhere. You know, mm. the fights are really in your face like we've never really seen before in an X-Men film. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, heads rolling all over the place, people getting stabbed in the neck and the throat. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know, James Mangold just doesn't feel like he has any limitations on what he can do. He can just do what he wants with these characters yeah, in terms definitely. of the violence, you know? Yeah. What an R rating brings to this film as well is like a bigger sense of realism, you know? If a guy's going to have claws come out of his hands and kill people, you're going to expect blood. Yeah. Um, plus, one of the other nice, like, realism moments I liked is... If you have, if you're gonna have a really slow car, you're not gonna drive through a wire fence, <laughs> which was a nice and surprising thing to see. <laughs> yeah, I I really like that action scene. I thought that was cool because he he tries to go straight through the fence and he's like, ah, no, it's stuck. And then I love that he's dragging it behind him, just taking out bikes and stuff. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the most impromptu badass, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. That was a good casting. Just a shame that CGI was a bit dodgy though in that bit, yeah. but. It's a small thing. Mm-hmm. I love the like second seizure scene in the casino where Charles is having a seizure mm-hmm. and he's accidentally like freezing every human in the area, but freezing like mutants slightly as well. Because his mind is going, everything is shaking massively, and it's just a great representation of a character losing his mind. That's as powerful as Charles Xavier. You know, I love the moment Logan is approaching one of the goons um, in the corridor. And the goon's eye just turns slightly to look at <laughs> Logan. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And Logan is dragging himself along with his claws. I love that. Just, shh, shh. Yeah. Like, I'm going to kill you. I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. You're the guy's wife. <laughs> but I, I like I like that yeah. fight scene. I think that was that's probably my favorite. One, it's quite inventive. You know, you have that power that Charles Xavier used in, like, X-Men 2, where he's able to, like, just freeze people mm. in place. But he's freezing them yeah. whilst giving them a tremendous seizure and everything's going around. And you yeah. have that happening to Logan, but he's forcing his way through it and just killing all these people. And I love yeah. how they stay in place. Like he stabs through one and they just yeah. they're fixed <laughs> in place like statues. <laughs> yeah. Until like, you know, they inject yeah. Charles and then just everybody, like literally everybody is killed, just drops. That was great. Just falls. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. It's interesting how they created the look of that scene because apparently the the camera guys were shaking the camera a lot and then they used like stabilization software to which usually smooths out the shots but because you know they were shaking the camera so much you know you get this effect but they must have shaken shake those cameras like ridiculously violently because the software these days is like so good it can really like smooth it out like really well so i can imagine a lot of like tired crew members on that set <laughs> just shaking <laughs> cameras all day yeah or you know you attach the camera to That's like a jackhammer yeah. and just uh, move it every- <laughs> yeah. just up the stairs <laughs> that's a good idea right, yeah. <laughs> you know the floor is fucked oh, just get funny. no shots of the floor just- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah always give it a high angle people <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we can't t- do another take <laughs> I'm uh, saying you know no. <laughs> Refloor the whole hotel. Another scene I really liked was... I can't remember my first reaction whether I thought it was actually Logan or X-24 in this moment. I can't remember. <laughs> but it, I felt it was quite convincing. You know, I liked how with Charles' death was constructed because he notices Logan come back 
but he's kind of shadowy and you don't see Logan's face, but you kind of dismiss it a little. And then Charles is saying that this night has been, you know, the best night he's had in ages because, you know, they've had a family meal. They've had family hospitality, which has been amazing for him. And then he's saying he remembers what he did in in Westchester, that he killed like a lot of people, I guess, through the, the sieges. He's pouring his heart out to Logan and you're like, hang on, we haven't had a reaction shot to Logan yet. (laughs) That's quite strange. Hmm. But when you do, it's a younger looking Logan with his head shaved. Um, And before you know it, he's got his claws in Charles's chest and you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, claws everywhere. And Charles is dying. You're like, no, it's just such a shocking moment. It just catches you by surprise so Hmm. brilliantly. Could you tell it was X-24 or when the first time you saw it? Probably not at first. I, I don't think so. I, I think maybe no. I, I kind of worked it out of a, you know, pretty quickly because his shirt is black. So I think, uh, I think I clocked on. Uh, something's not right here. But yeah, it's quite subtle. Just like the way that scene was cut together and structured, really. Mm. And it's really sad as well because, you know, Logan is, uh, when he picks Charles and... And X twenty four is going mental on the, the you know the cowboys, which was awesome. That was amazing. And he's like, you know, it wasn't me, Charles. It wasn't me. And you know, he's crying and shit. And I thought that was really like, oh shit, because you know you wouldn't want the last thing for basically his father figure to think that he killed him. You know, it's just yeah. You got a favorite shot then, or a scene? Favorite scene, probably when uh, Wolverine dies. Actually, that was that was pretty amazing. And I mean, you know, favorite action scene, the hotel, like without a doubt. Although, you know, the action is pretty solid in a lot of in a lot of the uh, the film. Actually, it's really well done. I love the shot after Logan takes like the whole vial of the green liquid that enhances mutant powers, and there's a shot of Logan like running through the forest and takes out a load of goons so violently and so quickly. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> and ends up like diving on one of them and then um, stabs him through the chest, and then cut to a close-up of of logan like literally roaring his lungs out (laughs) and it's just like really satisfying to watch like yeah this is like insane logan right now insane wolverine (laughs) yeah that that whole scene was pretty badass and like x23 like fighting with logan yeah that was pretty awesome at the end that was was pretty cool yeah 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 she jumps off of his back onto somebody yeah that was that was pretty badass do you do you remember the bit where like x24 just uh like decapitates that guy yeah. That was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> basically, um, he's uh, hiding out with this family, and they had an altercation with these ranchers who are like basically bully- bullying them. Yeah. And um, he-, he embarrassed them, you know, beat them up and stuff. And they come over to the guy's house, not knowing that all this shit's going down. And uh, they're like to X24, they think he's Logan. Well, why don't you work for us instead of him? We'll pay you mm-hmm. more. We'll pay you 5000 a day. And he is just expressionless, you know. And then he just like takes his head mm. clean off and then just goes through them. Awesome. <laughs> Very bloody. So directing score for me, I think I'll go pretty high, to be honest. I think this is what like the film... James Mangold really wanted to make, you know. Mm. I think it, I feel like he had to get through the Wolverine, you know, the Japanese one to like prove himself mm. to the producers maybe that you know he can do it. Because there are some elements of like the old man Logan comics, mm-hmm. but it's kind of very loosely based, I think. Yeah. Doesn't feel like James Mangold ha- has any limitations on what he can do certainly with the action and focusing on 
like the Shane kind of themes and storyline was such a clever move. It works so well. And actually making the decision to actually kill Logan in this film was such a bold and brave move. Mm. Yeah, so just really well done. Again, and you have this very like realistic grounded level to this film as well i mean you do get a lot of x-men powers shown in this film but it just feels very grounded and just really satisfying Mm. so i'll go like 8.7 how about you sir yeah yeah no i agree Uh, i like the grounded nature of it it feels pretty visceral it's very atmospheric it's uh, i love the action in it i like the camera work I, i like kind of the the quality of the the images do you know what i mean like everything looks pristine looks really good like it's some bloody high quality cameras mm. that they recorded this with. Like it just looks really good, which is which is good. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just great. You know, everything looks like really well detailed. You can see everything. You can see every pore and every oh yeah, you know, sweat droplet. It just looks great, mm. and I really appreciate. Yeah, that. we should mention the makeup is like really Im- amazing with yeah. on Logan. You know, certainly towards the end, and mm. as you said, everything like f- the details are so good that everything just feels really dirty yeah. and just. Just really brilliant, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just really grounded yeah. and earthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, even like the more fantastical bits. Um, I mean, you know, there. I think you're right. There are some areas where you're like, mm, maybe the the CGI there looks a little needs a little more touching up. But it didn't look like it's not a CGI heavy film. It just seems like a lot of stunt work and a lot of no like practical stuff, which I think is good. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I quite liked it. Yeah, I might give it like a nine. I think it's like my favorite, like X Men. Cool. Certainly my top three, yeah. not in any particular order, is certainly Logan, X-Men 2, and Days of Future Yeah, Past, 100%. I 100%. I agree with you, 100%. <laughs> uh, you know, I said this just before, yeah. but yeah, X-Men 2 and Days of Future Past are like the X-Men movies for me. This is like the Wolverine film for me, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I would say mm. that's the, the trilogy. Right, screenplay then. I really liked like the info dump scene or exposition scene where Charles and Logan are watching like the video message from Gabriella on her phone about transigen that they're creating like new mutants for weapons. And it definitely feels like a found footage style which just adds to like the realism and adds an extra narrative that the footage was captured secretly. Um, plus the fact that the phone dies and they have to buy a charger yeah. uh, to watch the rest, you know, adds realism as well. Yeah. And a good way to make Logan, like, watch the last bit on his own to convince him to go to Eden, you know, with Laura and Charles. Just a really clever way to express exposition in a film yeah. like this. I don't think he's paid for that charger. He, he just took that charger. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, he just, ta- he just takes took it. it. Yeah, I, th- I thought that scene was quite funny. Like, she's just taking stuff and the guy is, uh, you know, the store clerk <laughs> You know, tries to manhandle her because you know you can't let a customer just walk away with shit. Let's find your dad, mm. and she just flips him around. And is going to stab him in the face, and then Logan's <laughs> like, "No, that's not okay." And he's like, "You know, where's your charges?" Okay, just grabs a bunch of shit and then just goes. Like you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> well, because she's never been to a shop before, no. she doesn't know what the fuck a shop is. Yeah, so yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, "Ooh, food! I'm having that. <laughs> yeah. I've got claws, so fuck you." <laughs> yeah. And of course, we've mentioned it, um, it's no accident that the film they watch in the hotel room is the classic Western Shane, uh, which starred Alan Ladd, uh, a gunfighter drifter type character who can't ignore a bad situation even though he has no connection to the people, which is basically the same story here. You know, there's a line you hear in Shane where he says, there's no living with the killing, like you can't live a normal life as a killer. Once you start, there's no going back. 
And at the start of this film, Logan is really trying to live a normal life and earn money, but just can't help himself but get into a fight. Well, despite how hard he really does try, I think when you, you, you know, I, yeah. I like how they kind of juxtapose, juxt, you know, again, I can't say that damn word. This is the second time I've tried to say it. Juxt- juxtaposition. Juxt- yeah, juxtaposition. <laughs> or juxtapose, yeah. So, um, but basically, yeah. you know, the Wolverine of, of legend with how he is now and, you know, basically even what the Wolverine of legend was like, Yeah, you know, it's not great. You know, I killed a lot of people. I'm in a bad way. I, I just kind of don't want to do this anymore. But his call to adventure, he ignores it for a while. He just doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> and like every time, uh, basically, yeah. Charles and Laura kind of like... You know, they they keep trying to center Logan, you know, because he just doesn't want to get involved. Mm. It's like, well, we've got to do this because, you know, we've got to save it. It's like, I don't fucking care. Leave me alone. But he, he does do it. Yeah. But he kind of like subconsciously just helps them anyway. Yeah. You know? He's just keeps saying no, but he yeah. does it anyway. He'll do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. He, he knows what the right thing to do is, but you can tell he's kind of yeah. maybe just a bit fed up of doing the right thing or maybe doesn't think he deserves to do the right yeah. thing or something. But just going back to, you know, there's there's no living with the killing line from the, they use from Shane. Like, they're having a family meal and experiencing, like, family hospitality, you know, but that family all end up dead. Yeah. <laughs> but what was disappointing with the Shane footage, though, they do spoil the final gun battle in Shane, <laughs> which is a bit bit off, a bit annoying, mm-hmm. but um, there we go. I mean, have you seen Shane? Well, it's spoiled for you now, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, a long time ago. Yeah, it's great. Classic Western. You should all go and see it. It's a good film. And, of course, like near the end of the film, we learn that Logan has wanted to kill himself with the adamantium bullet, which you kind of get that sense anyway. But when Laura says to Logan, I've hurt people too, and then Logan says, you're going to have to learn to uh, how to live with that. And Laura says, they were bad people. And Logan just says, all the same. Mm. It's like Logan is saying, it doesn't matter who you kill, it all adds up emotionally, and you're going to have to deal with it. Again, the same theme there as Shane, there's no living with the killing. It's just, it just certainly does feel like the X Men version of Shane. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love the fact that this film just has like a very westerny feel to it mm. as well. A lot of desert landscapes. You know, they're on the road, they're yeah. pretty much on their own. It's got a really nice westerny quality to this yeah. film. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like a sort of neo western vibe, like a lot of empty spaces, a lot of country people, yeah. and a lot of uh, uh, scenery, cattle, all that kind of shit. You know, it just seems, yeah, very, yeah, very westerny. Even, you know, like places where there are buildings, but really not many buildings, it just seems very old and rustic so you're like this is far into the future yeah. but where they are it's it's quite it, it, it does seem like it's in the past it kind of reminds me of like you know like no country for old men that sort of like neo western yeah vibe. yeah definitely yeah. yeah again like a very dark movie <laughs> yeah 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 definitely i found xander rice's death like really satisfying yeah. <laughs> played by richard e grant because yeah. in so many action films like especially like spy movies there's always a scene where the bad guy explains what his plan is going to be to the hero yeah. <laughs> well during the explanation he gets up most of the explanation and then wolverine just blows his fucking head off like mid yeah. mid speech <laughs> To me, yeah. it reminded me. It reminded me of you know, like the Incredibles, where they were they were complaining about how a villain monologues. Do you remember that bit where he throws yeah. something at Syndrome as he's monologuing? 
It just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, villains are so stupid. They're yeah. so predictable. Get them to talk about themselves and then take them out. And it feels like daft that the bad guy has to tell the hero what the plan is, but really he's telling it to the audience. Yeah. And in this, it's just like the film is just having fun with those those types of scenes where Rice is just like halfway through his explanation. Then, as you said, yeah, Logan just doesn't care and just <laughs> blows his head yeah. off. You know, brilliant. That was a good death. I, I quite Go like Pierce. Boyd Holbrook. For me, I think he's the villain of the piece. You know, I know it's really, you know, Richard E. Grant, who is amazing. I like Richard E. Grant and yeah. stuff like that. But I, I quite like Damien Pierce. I liked his character. I liked how he's written. He's he's written as this kind of... Yeah. He's like a fanboy of the X-Men, but is a villain. Yeah. And I just find that so funny. He's quite... He's like... He's dripping with, like, sort of cool and, and kind of, like, weaseliness. Like, just a swarmy guy yeah, yeah. who who dresses really cool but you're like yeah this guy is weird like you know he's always smiling like a like an <laughs> evil grin do you know what i mean he's joking about everything but i like how he's always sort of fanboying over the x-men i think that is kind of adorable yeah, <laughs> yeah big fan by the way <laughs> like where he he's like as i live and breathe the wolverine i read a lot about you you know he's just <laughs> Oh man, I can't believe it. You just think uh, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of quite nice. I love that scene where Laura is like approaching all the goons and <laughs> and he's like, "Laura, no, 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 stop." Yeah, yeah that was you funny, know. Yeah. And then like everyone starts shooting them, and yeah. like one of the best lines I wanted to hear in previous X Men films and Wolverine films, where he says, "Stop shooting, she heals." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was you good. Know, yeah. That was so brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a great character. I quite liked him. I thought he was—he had a great um, chemistry with yeah. uh, with the heroes. You know, they're being chased by this guy, but yeah. there's something just kind of endearing about him. He's like the comic nerd who's in the film. He's like, don't bother shooting at them. Yeah. They're going to get back up, you know. Uh, like, he knows the characters. It's like he's done the yeah. research. He's hes kind of a nerd um, villain, and I quite like mm. that. I thought that was kind of, kind of funny. He's a fanboy villain. He's basically. a fanboy villain, <laughs> yeah. There's some funny lines in this you know from charles when you first see him he says the new quasalupa from the taco bell get it with chicken get it with steak and with cheese baked right into the shell it's the next big thing go now while supplies last <laughs> great advert there yeah. caliban played by stephen merchant he has some great stuff mm. like i hardly see myself carrying blow decks like nostra nostrafatu nostrafatu <laughs> jesus is that like a flatulent nosferatu nosferatu <laughs> not nosferatu <laughs> same thing he's <laughs> a vampire come on yeah but you know hopefully not with a good sense of smell <laughs> yeah okay i'll start that again <laughs> no keep it I in hardly keep see it in. my <laughs> Keep it in. People need to know. I hardly see myself carrying blow decks like Nosferatu. Do you? Folding your underpants and making him spotted dick by Caliban. Yeah. Did you mean (laughs) Nosferatu? Nosferatu. Yes, Nosferatu. Anyway. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I quite like Steve Merchant at this. I thought he was pretty cool as Caliban. Satisfying, like, self-sacrifice at the end. You know, I like how he kind of threatens him because yeah. he's he's like uh, allergic to sunlight, so they keep torturing him with sunlight. Mm. Price is like, you know, didn't your mama always tell you, you know, beware the light? And he's like torture, and I like that where he, oh, he yeah. grabs grenades, you know, beware the light, and just blows up the whole oh, fucking yeah. van. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite line comes from Caliban where he says, "I'm a glorified truffle pig, not a clairvoyant." <laughs> yeah, that was good. Have you got a favorite line then? Oh, you know where uh, Rice is, say, uh, Damien, 
Damien Rice. No, no, that's uh, that's a singer. (laughs) Just Pierce. Pierce. That's the one. Pierce. Not Damien Rice. A cannonball. Um, (laughs) He's a great singer. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, Price. I like when uh, he's beating on Wolverine with all of his men. And uh, Price says to him, it was like, Jesus, Wolverine, seeing you like this breaks my damn heart. It will as soon as I rip it out of your chest, fuckstick. I like that. <laughs> that was quite funny. Score for me, this is just like the perfect end for the Logan character. And I love all the references to Shane and, and the themes. Yeah. So it's certainly one of the most satisfying X-Men films for a while. I, I like when, you know, basically he's dying and he's yeah. like accepted uh, that, you know, Laura is his, is his daughter. And I love that just yeah. line of this is what it feels like. And then he dies, you know, because it's always mm. about, you know, yeah. Charles is like family, you um, know, and, and all this shit. And, you know, it's like, yeah, he got a family at the end. Then he died. Yeah, yeah just so. brilliant. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about, you know, our, our top three X-Men films. I didn't put it in order, but I mean, I could easily put this as, at number one, hmm. definitely, even though it is the last one. So I would go like 9.1 for script. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the script is is incredibly strong. It's just really well done. Mm. There's a lot of just... Um, yeah. Oh, I, also, one thing I didn't mention, but Charles Xavier's depiction I thought was interesting because, like, in most of the other films, he's, like, you know, a sage, wise man, and he still is mm. at parts in this film. But it takes on the very real reality. He's that old. He His mind is starting to, you know, fade, and he is, like, just... Yeah. And obviously, he's been living like crap for the last God knows how long. So he's a bit pissed off, and I do like yeah. having a a thoroughly pissed off and annoyed Professor X, who's just speaking yeah. his mind. He's he's old enough to just say what he really thinks. I like that. Where it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, we're on the run. She's a child, and I'm fucking ninety. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, so you got an acting score for me then? Uh, screenplay, uh, screenplay. Score? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I'll give it like a nine point two or something. I think it's one of my favorite screenplays for the X Men films. All right, acting then. Yeah, you're talking about Patrick Stewart's performance as Charles Xavier in this. You know, we're so used to seeing him as this very like assured, calming influence to other to other mutants with such a wise persona. But in this, he's anything but. You know, the first scene, you know, in the in the abandoned water tank with Logan, Charles is suffering from dementia and he's shouting out this food advert with such abandon and he's being really angry and sweary with Logan. Uh, and his voice is so weary, such a such a different character. Mm. Brilliant performance by Patrick Stewart. But I think one of the best performances in this film is certainly Hugh Jackman himself. I mean, I love how... He uses different types of like anger and grumpiness to play Logan and X24. You know, as X24, it's like uh, Wolverine we've seen before, this very aggressive, focused anger, controlled breathing. But as Logan, his anger looks more weary and he's tired. Mm. And that's not just done with the makeup. It's It's very much in his acting. His breathing is very heavy at times. And when he gets hurt, you really feel like these wounds are really hurting him even more than they usually do. You know, Hugh gives him, you know, a limp throughout the film, too. And he just looks tired all the time. Even him just kind of standing still and even looking intimidating, you feel like the weight of his body. It feels like he is trying to carry himself up. And I do like the acting of that. It's like, yeah, I am a... You know, I've been at this a long time. I feel 
like exhausted. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. But I do, I do like the fact that Hugh Jackman does it differently for X twenty four, who is you know he's young, fit, nimble, yeah. focused. They do feel like different characters, and Logan is just yeah. it's like at the end of his end of his rope. Really. Yeah, it's kind of a weird feeling because he's basically playing the Wolverine we know as X twenty four, but as a villain. Yeah, and it's just it's a bit like unnerving that this is basically the same character that we know. Mm. But obviously he doesn't say a word, but it's just like, yeah, it's a bit unnerving, really, <laughs> that we've been supporting and cheering this type of character for all these other type of films. Yeah. And now th- this exactly the same persona is the villain. It's yeah. just like, wow, this that's, yeah, not easy <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. to watch, you know. But I love the moment from Hugh Jackman when he's just buried Charles and all he can say is, it's got water, you know, and again, looks so emotional but so tired you know you can really see him trying to find more words but he just can't (laughs) plus the scene where he's beating up the truck is quite funny but as soon as he collapses you're like oh laura go help him quick (laughs) and again we'll end by like talking about the last few scenes uh, with logan's death you know i love daphne Keane who plays laura x23 you know her and hugh whose performances are incredible in Logan's death scene. Mm. You know, Daphne Keane is like so in the moment and so emotional when she's got like tears as well as snot running down her face. (laughs) Did you notice that? Um, I didn't zoom in on the snot, to be honest with you, but I'll I'll, I'll believe you. Definitely a bit of snot there. Yeah. Definitely committed. Yeah. (laughs) I I think it was kind of my favourite part with her is, you know, and also with Hugh Jackman, coincidentally, Mm. is when he's dying. I think he does a great he is dying, yeah. you know, phase where you're like, oh shit, you're dying. And yeah. she does like, you know, this great thing of like concern. I would say like the problem with her, but it's not really so much a problem. I think she's a great, you know, she does a good job. Mm. Her character kind of irritated me a bit. I, I liked her, you know. Really? Yeah. I think the reason why she irritated me is kind of a positive. Yeah. I think it's the fact that she. Okay. It's like she hasn't interacted with people before yeah so she Mm. seems very anti-social and just kind of like a wall Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and aggressive as fuck and you kind of have that through most of the movie she's quiet as hell she's just moody and like grumpy and like and just doesn't know how to talk to people or interact with people i think that makes sense to be honest Mm. with you i think she does a good job of portraying what that is yeah I'm just saying, at the end, I do think that's a kind of resolution of that because she does, when she starts speaking, and starts speaking a lot more, has some really good scenes with uh, Hugh Jackman almost Mm. exclusively, and then, you know, has his death scene. And I think, you know, the the character sort of... It just felt like a progression of the character uh, as one of his, like... I don't really have a problem with the fact that she's aggressive towards other people because I think, you know, she's basically been tortured as a child. It makes sense in the plot. You know, she is basically a test. Yeah. She's she. You know, she's a guinea pig test subject. Mm. Her entire life, it makes a hundred percent sense. I was saying at first, I didn't really like her because she was just really sort of abrasive and just mm. wouldn't really communicate. Well, yeah, I didn't really have that sense. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it makes sense, and I did like her towards the end. That's all I'm saying. I think she had a a nice arc. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, all that stuff works for me. 
it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing I would maybe put into question with her character is when she decides to actually talk. <laughs> yeah, it does take a while. Yeah, you are well into the film before she utters a word. Well, start of the third act, really. Isn't yeah, it? and um, I thought it was kind of funny because when she starts talking, Logan just looks at her. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, they're like you talk. Yeah. We've been traveling for two thousand fucking yeah. miles, and you talk. <laughs> you know, I like that. Yeah, so I guess you just put into question why is she deciding to talk now? Maybe she talked. She only really talked with Charles off screen. Maybe and she never was felt comfortable talking to Logan. I don't know. And after Charles dies, then she decides to talk to him. Yeah, I think it's probably um, it. maybe. Yeah. Did you tear up then at the end? <laughs> what moment made you tear up? Well, you know, there's there's several. You know, um, I would say Charles's death, burying Charles. Logan's death, burying Logan. I think those four points, mm-hmm. they're nice beats and, you know, they're, they're quite sad. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, not only in the context of the film, but, like, you've got how many films with these characters? Do you know what I mean? I didn't actually tear up much when Charles dies because it's all so sudden. It happens so quickly yeah. and you're just not prepared for it. With Logan, it's very much drawn out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you really feel it. Yeah. I think what kind of got me with, with Charles is just basically... um as he's dying and just like Hugh's reaction to it, Wolverine's reaction to it. I'm just trying to console yeah. him and just be like, I'm sorry, you know, and all that. Um, I thought it was also a really yeah. cool thing for, because, you know, the dad that took them in really does like them. And then his entire family gets killed uh, by a clone of the mm. guy the guy he's been, you know, keeping for the night. And I love how he Wolverine is going to lose to X24 and he comes out of fucking nowhere and just like rams into him with his car and then comes out with his shotgun to yeah. blow away uh, <laughs> Logan and then just kind of collapses dead. Yeah, that was that was a crazy scene. You're like, yeah. even when he's trying to do a good mm. thing, like his, his uh, past comes to haunt him and kills a bunch of innocent people. I think the moment that made me tear up in Logan's death when Logan says, so this is what it feels like. Mm. And then Laura just says, daddy... You know, her saying that makes me tear up every time. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. When she's reciting the Shane monologue is amazing. You know, when she turns the cross to an X on Logan's grave is such an amazing touch there and make always makes me quite emotional when, when she does that. That's mm. a great, great little bit. So for me, you know, favourite performance is really easy. Hugh Jackman, definitely. Just yeah. probably his best performance in an X-Men film by far. Yeah. By far. Same? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think um, Hugh Jackman is my top. So, score for me, I th- you know what? Like, the acting in this is pretty exceptional. Even from Daphne and Keane, I think she does an incredible job as well. Mm-hmm. Certainly with her emotional scenes at the end, I think for such a young actress, she matches uh, Hugh Jackman definitely. I would say Hugh Jackman, Tour de Force, Patrick Stewart goes through so much emotion as well anger immense sadness you know lunacy <laughs> yeah as well as you said boyd hillbrook is fucking brilliant as pierce this yeah. like great like fanboy villain i know you don't get too many fanboy villains and i just love his giddiness at, <laughs> i think to me that's yeah. what sells him as a good villain is his giddiness at just seeing wolverine like acting in such a way like oh my god i know you you know, I just like that. It's just a great, yeah. great characterization for a villain. He's like, you know, I'm such a huge fan, but I've I got to do my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to go like 9.6, I think, for acting. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty that's pretty damn good score. Yeah, I think I think the acting is. I mean, the film is great, and the acting I don't think is a. It make it makes it just you know that much better. Yeah, um, maybe I'll go like nine point mm. nine point three. Cool. Right, let's add up the scores then for Logan. It's a high one. Logan gets fifty four point nine. That could scrape into the top ten. Find out on Tuesday. <laughs> Logan wins this one fairly comfortably, I would say, with 54.9 to V for Vendetta, which got a score of 50.9. So no shame with a score like that for V for Vendetta. Um, Still really good film. Right, next week, as Don't Breathe 2 is coming out in cinemas. Excited for that one. First one is a really good horror film. Blind guy, serial killers kind of thing. Um, Really cool. So the sequel is coming out. So we'll be doing horror sequels for next week. So it'll be interesting to see what we pick. As always, Boaz, you were pretty remarkable today. <laughs> That's amazing. I On was four. extraordinary. <laughs> X-Men. X-Force. Yes. Activate. <laughs> extraordinary. Yes. <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. Right, see ya. That's it for this week's pod. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to find out more about the podcast or suggest future topics for us to discuss related to upcoming releases, let us know on Instagram at Film vs. Film Podcast and on Twitter at FVF underscore podcast. Remember, please subscribe. Pod, signing off.